Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindahl. I am your host. I am, you cannot see this on the podcast, but I'm looking at myself through my webcam. I am freshly showered with my hair a mess, looking like a mess as I usually do. But anyway, such is life. Um, But I was actually this week having trouble coming up with a uh, idea for the podcast because I don't know, sometimes I, I have a million ideas and I find the same thing with social media. Sometimes I'll have a million ideas and I write them all down and whatever. And then sometimes I just, I got nothing. And even if I look through the ideas that I've had in the past, just nothing really sparks anything. And I'll have topics in mind, but I just, they're just not what I want to talk about that day. It's not, I, I find that like to want to do a podcast about something, I have to be excited about it. And if I don't feel excited about that topic, even if it's an important topic or something that I know I will talk about eventually, if I'm not excited about it in that point in time, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm just, I, my ideas aren't flowing the way that I want to say things won't come out properly. And it just, yeah. Anyway, so I was having trouble coming up with ideas for the podcast today. And then I was scrolling through social media and I'm sure it's the same situation wherever you are listening in the world. Um, but I was just scrolling through social media and thinking to myself, it is such a shit storm lately. Like just such a shit storm with uh, where I live right now, um, in Alberta, they have changed. They came out last night by changing some of the regulations. Some people are really pissed about it. Some people are really happy about it. But basically what they did is they had like vaccine passports and things like that for like restaurants and recreation centers, et cetera. And they are now removing those. And then they're kind of going towards a reopening plan. And there's a lot of back and forth on it. There's a lot of people saying this is too early. This is too much. We're putting people at risk. People are, we have a lot of people in hospital right now. Now we still have a lot of cases going on. Uh, you know, it seems to me the province is wanting to kind of put this more towards like an endemic and like, we're just going to have to deal with it. And, you know, there's a lot of people in support of that. And then there's a lot of people that are really angry about it. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot. And then if you've been paying attention to any news in Canada, they've had this like trucker protest going on at, uh, in Ottawa, our nation's capital, and as well as, um, in Alberta at the border crossing into, uh, into the States. And it's just going through social media right now is such a shit show. It is exhausting. I am exhausted from it. I, I, you know, I have my own opinions about topics and things like that. And I'm not going to talk about my opinions and stuff because in reality they matter to me and this isn't what I want the podcast to be about, but I'm just, I am exhausted by this. 
everything. When you open the news, I had to stop watching the news a few months ago, which like one of my favorite morning routines used to be like getting up in the morning and watching the news and seeing like what's going on in the world. But now it's just like just being inundated constantly with the bad news and fights with people on both sides of the spectrum. These people hate these people and these people hate them back because of X, Y, Z. And it's just exhausting, frankly. And so in going through Facebook, doom scrolling, um, I kind of realized like the idea of just how to take charge of your health. And I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health. I'm going to talk a little bit about physical health, but just the idea of taking charge of your health and taking charge of your life um, in ways that you can came to mind. And the reason why is because, you know, this doom scrolling that I've been constantly doing lately is not serving me any purpose. It's not helping me. It's making me feel worse. It's, you know, hard to think about and talk about, like my brother came over the other day and we were talking about just like how crazy everyone is being right now, how crazy everyone is being on both sides of the spectrum and how both my brother and I are sitting back being like, what the fuck? Like he works in healthcare, um, and he works with uh, COVID testing and stuff like that. And like, he's seeing a lot of it and he's just like, y'all, Everyone is being crazy. It's like everyone is being crazy. And we're having this discussion about just like how insane people are right now and how we're just so sick of it. So anyway, in this, in these conversations that I've been having and in this doom scrolling and realizing that this is serving me absolutely zero purpose in life, um, taking control, I've been having to do more to just take control of the things that I can. And then it got me thinking about like how to take control of your health and whatnot. So anyways, leading into the, segueing into the podcast after my five minute rant about how people are fucking nuts, um, (laughs) is how to take charge of your health. And I am going to talk a little bit about mental health, not coming from an expert point of view, because I am not an expert in mental health, but just things that I have done personally to help take charge of my mental health. And if you find any of these things helpful, great. If not, there are experts and people who professionally do this for a living, looking after mental health and helping people with mental health that will be able to help you. So, okay. So first things first, let's just talk about mental health right now over the past, not even right now, over the past couple of years, everyone's mental health has had a lot of challenges with the pandemic, with people having job loss, with people having financial insecurity, health insecurity, people are worried about their health with, you know, things like social media. It's just mental health has been a larger discussion over the past 10 or 15 years, which is great. But at the same time, over the past couple of years with COVID and the pandemic and everything like that, it has a lot of, I'm going to say like everyone's mental health has been affected in some way, shape or form. And I don't really think anyone can disagree with me on that. Everyone's mental health, regardless of where you stand, what you do, whatever your mental health has been affected. And one of the main things, like I already talked about that I've been doing to take better control of my mental health is filtering my social media and news intake. Because as I just mentioned, doom scrolling and 
getting myself wrapped into the comments of social media posts and seeing the radical, you know, on both sides of the spectrum craziness that's been going on. It is not serving me any purpose. It doesn't serve me any purpose. I don't feel better informed. I don't feel more knowledgeable about what's going on. I don't feel like, okay, I got some good information and I know how to make X, Y, Z decision for my family, for my life. I don't feel any of this helping me. So I have been filtering my social media a lot more. I would like to do better on it because I haven't been that good on it, but I've been making a more conscious effort over the past few weeks to just do better about filtering what I'm seeing. If I'm seeing something that I am just exhausted about hearing about, I am just quickly scrolling past it. I just very quick scroll past it. Doesn't matter who posts it. If it's just a random video I saw on TikTok, if it's, you know, a family friend posting something or whatever, I just scroll past. I don't, I am done with it. And since even just doing that little bit and not watching the news and not reading news articles and things like that, I am feeling better about it. I need to do better. I need to do more, but just that simple step has made me feel less anxious about what's been going on because it's not serving me any purpose and realizing it's not helping me. I'm not better informed. If anything, I'm more anxious and more upset by reading or seeing these things that I just need to just be gone. The other thing that I have been doing is talking more about anxiety. And this is something that I've been doing actually for quite a long time. Once I started learning about more about mental health and anxiety, and then also experiencing it myself, I realized that I needed to talk about it. I started initially having anxiety issues, we'll call them, back in like 2017 was when I started to notice them. And it was related to work, doing too much, being stressed all the time, all these kinds of things and having anxiety come up. And I didn't know what it was initially. Initially, I didn't know what it was. And then I remember going to my doctor because I had missed my period because of stress. I missed my period, which is unlike me. And I kind of said to him, you know, we did the whole workup or whatever. And he's like, everything's medically fine. And then he said to me, thankfully, what's been going on? And then I told him like everything that's been going on, I actually had a conversation about it. And he's like, okay, uh, it sounds to me like you're doing a lot. And this could be the reason why you missed your period was because of this anxiety and the stress that you're feeling. And he had given me some resources and stuff to get help. And I did, uh, go and get a little bit of help and stuff. Um, seeing a therapist for a little bit, which helped and just also learning to talk about it more, talking to friends who have anxiety, talking to family members about their anxiety, describing it and, just in general, talking about it more made it better for me. And that's one thing that I can't really stress enough to people is if you're having these feelings of anxiety, stress, depression, whatever it might be, it's hard to talk about it. It's so, so hard to want to talk about it. But if you get those feelings out there and talk to someone, it 
starts turning the wheels on making things better. It's not going to instantly make it better. It's not going to magically make it go away, but just being able to talk about it and just say like, this is what my anxiety feels like for me, because some people experience it differently than others. And just even that made it better. Or just saying to somebody like, what did you do when you realized that you had anxiety? All these things helped. And for some people, they need medication and long-term professional help and whatever you need. It's just getting the wheels turning on whatever you need to get yourself feeling better and learning to manage your triggers yourself. I also can't express that enough is learning how to manage your own triggers for yourself. Uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about, she's dealt with anxiety and PTSD and depression for years. And for her, a big part of especially PTSD and learning how how to manage her panic attacks and things like that was learning about how to manage her triggers for herself because her therapist had kind of explained like the triggers aren't going to go away. You can't avoid the triggers for the rest of your life and you can't expect everyone in the world to manage your triggers for you. You have to manage them for yourself and learn how to deal with it in your own way. And they, you know, her and her therapist had came up with their own way of dealing it. And she went through a lot of different therapies to be able to manage it and stuff. Um, but it was just interesting to talk about with her was her, how, how she had to learn how to manage her own triggers for her panic attacks and PTSD and things that she's been through. Um, because nobody else is going to do it for you. So it was that taking charge of it. And she put in the work and spent a lot, a lot of time in therapy. And again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a therapist on it, but this was just a discussions that we had and she had learned and yeah. And you know, was able to be quite successful with managing it. And also just understanding when it comes to mental health, again, I'm not going to ramble on it all day, but just understanding that your mental health is related to your physical health. If we aren't looking after our mental health, we're not going to want to look after ourselves physically. And it makes perfect sense if you feel anxious, if you feel depressed, if you, whatever it might be, you're not going to want to look after yourself physically. You're not going to want to exercise or eat right or anything like that. So it's difficult. Yes, but it's also learning how to manage your mental health so that you can take care of your physical health. And there's no one answer. There's no one size fits all fix for every single person. It's just learning how to take charge of your mental health to be able to take charge of your physical health. And for some people, they take charge of the physical health first, and then the mental health aspect comes along later. And sometimes it's vice versa, but it's just finding the journey for you and being able to manage your own mental health so that you can take care of your physical health. And that'll kind of segue me into physical health. Now, when I'm talking about taking charge of your health here, I'm not going to talk, we're not talking about weight loss today. We're not talking about building muscle mass or toning up or losing belly fat. I'm not talking about weight loss or anything like that. I'm just talking about how to take care of your health, regardless of how you look, how you uh, feel, your age, whatever, your size, I just want to talk about your health and how to look after it. Okay. That's the topic. Nothing to do with weight loss for today. So taking charge of your physical health is one of the biggest things that a lot of people put off in their life. And oftentimes we put it off until it's too late. 
You'll see it in your grandparents. Maybe you've seen it in your parents. Maybe you've seen it in yourself where you don't look after your physical health for years and years and years. And then something happens where now you're forced to look after your physical health or your family member is forced to look after their physical health and it is hard. And the one thing that they'll say is I regret not looking after myself. So that's what I want to talk about. It's just how to look after yourself. And obviously there are certain factors that only we can control to a certain point and then genetics and just chance take over, but it taking control of what you can is the main topic. So taking care of our physical health, I want to talk a little bit about physical activity. Um, we'd already talked about mental health a little bit, but I want to talk about just physical activity, nutrition, habits, things like that, and how to take control of these things to just look after yourself. So let's talk about physical activity. One thing that a lot of people do put off, especially in adulthood is physical activity exercise, working out, whatever you might want to call it, we'll just call it in physical activity. Oftentimes we are more active when we're young through play, through recess, through gym class and school, et cetera. And then as we get older, we get more set, more and more sedentary. We get into jobs. We don't play sports anymore. We don't focus on things. Oftentimes, if we have family or loved ones that we have to look after, our physical health and our activity levels just deteriorate until we're older. And then little things start popping up like, oh my gosh, I, you know, my back is sore when I get up in the morning and my knees hurt now that I'm older, I have arthritis and I can't, you know, climb up a flight of stairs without feeling like I'm going to die. I just, you notice as you get older, the effects of what happens when you don't look after your physical health or when you don't do physical activity. And of course, these things not being physically active do take a toll on your body. And it's a lot of things that people don't think about. And we don't think about, again, until it's too late. And I understand that, you know, being a personal trainer, not everyone has the same goals for physical activity. Not everyone wants to like build muscle mass and lift a, you know, 200 pound deadlift. And not everyone wants to run a marathon or do a triathlon or anything like that. I get it. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't still exercise. And exercise, I've talked about this many times. A lot of people will just solely associate exercise with weight loss and they'll only work out if they want to lose weight or something like that. Not really thinking that exercise actually isn't about weight loss and it shouldn't be about weight loss. Exercise is about your health. Number one, exercise should be about your health and longevity and looking after your body. When it comes to weight loss, weight loss isn't really driven by exercise. It's not. Weight loss is driven by nutrition. So why do we need to look after our bodies by exercising? Exercise helps maintain and build our muscle mass so that we can keep our bones and joints strong. 
Okay, our bones and joints need the support of muscles to be able to function properly. A lot of people don't really realize that. So then when we get older and we don't exercise anymore and our muscles have atrophied, your joints and your mobility is affected and everything like that because you don't have the muscle mass to support your body. So you need to at least, I'm not saying that you need to strength train and be like a strong man, but we need to exercise to build and maintain some muscle mass throughout our life so that we can have better mobility to function properly and to support our bones and joints, especially as we get older. So what kind of things can we do to start taking after our physical health when it comes to exercise? Number one, if you don't know what to do, don't have access to a gym, don't have access to anything, all you have access to is a pair of running shoes or shoes is walk. Number one thing that you can do is just start walking. And the reason why I say just start walking is number one, helps look after your cardiovascular health. Okay. You're getting up, you're getting moving, your heart is pumping, your endurance is going to get better and you're getting yourself out. Generally speaking outside, weather permitting, um, all the benefits from just walking are unbelievable. And a lot of people don't really think that consider walking as exercise, but it is, it completely is. So if you don't know where to start, if you're starting from square zero and you don't even know what to do, start walking. Do you have to walk a hundred miles a week? No, start with 15 minutes, start with 30 minutes, a few times a week, and then build it up from there. Exercise is buildable. We don't go zero to a hundred. I've talked about that many times. You know, you slowly build yourself into a routine. So the best thing to do, if you don't know what to do to start looking after your health and exercise is just walk, walk a few times a week. And then from there you can build onto it. You don't need to run. A lot of people feel like they have to run to look after their health or to get good cardio. My husband and I actually had a bit of an argument about this the other day where we were, he was kind of saying like, oh, walking, you know, you have to do more than just walk. You have to do more than just walk. I'm like, no, you actually don't. Like if your goal is to run or to be a runner, then yes, you'll need to run. My husband enjoys running. So this is always, this sometimes comes up in discussion. He's a runner. He enjoys running. And for him, it's a de-stressor for him. It's exercise and all these things. But for me, I'm not a runner. I never have been, I was, even when I would run thinking I was a runner, I was a terrible runner and I hated it. I'm not a runner. I like to walk. I like to go on walks. To me, going for a walk does the same thing. And my husband is like a long distance runner and he just enjoys it. He likes that. He likes that grind. He likes that challenge. And that's great for me. I like to walk for me. If I want that grind and I want that challenge, I'll go hike a mountain. That's what I like. And, you know, we're different in that way, but we had this discussion the other day and I was like, no, walking is exercise. It is. And you can go look up all the benefits of walking, all the benefits of getting your steps in and everything like that. It is exercise. So the best thing that you can do, if you don't know where to start, get yourself walking. If you want to get a Fitbit and give yourself a challenge of 10,000 steps a day, whatever it might be, go for it. If you're just starting and you have the Fitbit and you're like, oh, 10,000 steps is a lot. That's okay. Start with five, build it up. You don't have to go zero to a hundred. Start with 5,000, then go to 7,000, then go to 10,000, et cetera. But you don't need to kill yourself. Quit overthinking it. The next thing after walking 
The best thing to do is if you can strength train or some form of resistance training a couple times a week. If you're just starting out one to three times a week is a great place to start. If you can do strength training at minimum three times a week, that is amazing for just building some muscle mass, maintaining your muscle mass, better mobility, supporting your joints, supporting your bone density. Uh, it helps your metabolism. I can't, obviously I could ramble on and on and on. And if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you would know that I cannot advocate enough for strength training and what it does to your body. And again, we're not talking about weight loss or anything like that here. We're not talking about building crazy amounts of muscle mass or doing 20 pull-ups or anything like that. We're just talking about basic movements, strength training, adding resistance to your exercise at minimum, if you can do it three times a week, but again, build up to that. If you're starting from zero, maybe start with some walking and one strength training day a week, and then build it up from there to three days a week. But if you can do that three to five times a week, the amount of benefits that your body will experience is mind blowing because it'll help maintain that muscle mass that you need throughout your lifetime. Again, like I talked about before to support your bones, to support your joints, it'll help your mobility, being able to just squat. We don't really think about it enough, but I, you know, as a mom, even picking up my daughter, being able to pick her up, she's 30, just about 35 pounds. She's a pretty big toddler that being able to pick her up out of her crib, that is a strength training move being able to hold her and she dropped her stupid Teddy on the ground for the 15th time, but I'm holding her because she's having to fit, but being able to hold her in one hand and squat down to pick up the stupid Teddy is a strength training move. So we do all of these movements in a day without really realizing it. So being able to strength train, to maintain that muscle memory, that mobility, as well as the strength is important. And everyone has different goals for it, but just doing some basic movements a few times a week, getting that strength training in is important and will help significantly. I remember, and I've talked about this before when I had my knee surgery, um, one of the things that my knee surgeon and my physiotherapist both said to me was, if you do anything your entire life, because for me, after my knee surgery, especially having both ACLs replaced in my knees and then in my left knee, having the majority, almost 70% of my meniscus removed, I'm concerned about longevity of my knees and arthritis. I am. And it's, it's a, just having a knee injury in my life makes me more susceptible to it. And now as I'm getting older and all these things, I'm concerned about it. And so my surgeon had said, she said, the best thing that you can do to help maintain the health of your knees throughout your life is strength training. She's like, it will help maintain your muscles that you need to keep control of that joint as well as it keeps the health of the joint. And so that was the biggest thing that she had told me was keep strength training your entire life. She's like, basically you can never stop strength training. And I didn't plan on stopping strength training, but it was just hearing that from her to say, like, to help maintain your joints, to build that muscle mass and to maintain your bone density, you need to strength train. And she said, it's not going to completely prevent arthritis, but it could prevent you from needing, you know, a knee replacement at 50. So I was like, okay, good to know. So 
that's one of one of the many big reasons why I continue to strength train is to help maintain the health of my joints as I get older. Um, so again, strength training three to five times a week doesn't need to be anything crazy. If you don't know where to start, just starting even with one day and building it up from there, learning the basic movements, you'll notice better mobility. You'll notice your joints feel better. Your back will start to feel better. All these types of things, as well as your endurance for your muscles will get better. So we've got walking, we've got strength training. The other thing about looking after your physical health is keeping up with mobility. And this kind of goes along with strength training, but a little bit of stretching, uh, you could do yoga, a little bit of mobility work, all these types of things. You'll see big results if you do a little bit of stretching, a little bit of mobility work along with your strength training. Um, they say like, I've seen some studies done where they have athletes doing like yoga along with their strength training and that they notice better mobility. They hurt less and all of these other benefits because they're doing mobility work along with their strength training. And I mean, you don't need to be a limber, crazy yogi or anything like that. But I notice even for myself, when I focus more on doing mobility and stretching along with my strength training, my workouts are better. I feel better. I move better throughout the day. My back hurts less, um, especially being pregnant right now, keeping on top of my mobility game along with my workouts has helped so much, um, with just my back. I noticed that the more sedentary I am, the more my back hurts. But the more that I walk in the day, do my workouts, and with my workouts work on my mobility, I feel better. And on the days that I'm lazy and I don't work on my mobility or stretching, then I feel worse and my back hurts more. So just even that little thing alone, yes, it's anecdotal evidence, but it's something that I notice and it's a common trend with a lot of people. When you don't focus on your mobility, you're not going to get better at it and you're going to feel stiff and it's not, your workouts aren't going to be as good as if you also focus a little bit on mobility and you don't need to do anything crazy, even just stretching, doing a warm up stretch a few minutes, uh, you know, before your workout, after your workout, focusing on some mobility movements, you can easily YouTube, uh, mobility warmups for workouts and add that in as part of your warmup. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but just keeping, your mobility in mind will help significantly. Next thing about physical health is let's talk about nutrition. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not talking about nutrition in the concept of weight loss. I'm not talking about nutrition in the concept of anything like that. It's just talking about eating for your health. So nutrition plays one of the biggest factors when it comes to our health. Yes. Um, nutrition though is also complicated in that nutrition is related to our mental health and nutrition is food and is related to culture and fuel and all of these things that it makes it so complicated. And, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about how to take a little bit better charge of your nutrition to help take better charge of your health, both mentally and physically. So when it comes to nutrition, there's a few things that you can do that you can never go wrong with. Number one is drinking water throughout the day. 
Okay. If you are a, all I drink is pop and water or all I drink is pop and coffee throughout the day kind of person, you know, as well as I do that you could probably sprinkle some more water in there. Yes. You're getting fluid intake through coffee and pop. Yes. Because the water is the main ingredient in both of those things, but water itself will just, but drinking water itself as well throughout the day will help keep you hydrated. You will be, um, consuming less caffeine throughout the day, all these other things, less sugar. If you have sugar in your coffee, it won't kill you. And a lot of people that I work with, they'll initially say like, I have trouble sometimes drinking water because I just find water so plain. And I get that. Um, adding flavor to it doesn't hurt. I mean, a lot of people will tout lemon water or whatever it's lemon water is nothing fancy. It's just fucking water with lemon in it. But if you like the taste of it and it helps you drink more water, all the power to you. Same thing with adding fruit to it. Same thing with like those, uh, water flavor kind of things. Like if it helps you consume more water throughout the day, all the power to you. The next thing that you can do to help take care of or take charge of your nutrition to take charge of your health is to just consume more vegetables and fruits. You can never go wrong with adding in more veggies and fruits in the day. And I like to focus on things that we can add to our diet rather than take away from our diet. So if you just go throughout your day thinking, how can I add more vegetables or fruits to my day? That alone helps just change your thinking about nutrition itself rather than thinking I have to take away, I have to remove, I have to restrict. Just what can I add to make these meals throughout my day more nutritious? Number one thing is add fruits and vegetables. And you don't have to overthink it. I understand that in certain places there are issues with food insecurity, or if you're up in Northern Canada, like I am, or if you're up in Canada, like I am, it's harder and more expensive to get fresh fruits and vegetables in the winter. You can do frozen, you can do canned, you can do anything like that. You don't necessarily have to go and spend a ton of money on fresh vegetables. Frozen and canned are great options as well. And the reason why is because they're picked at their peak freshness and then they're either flash frozen or they're canned immediately where they maintain their nutrient density. Whereas some foods, if they are imported from like the Southern United States or Mexico, sometimes when they get up to here in Canada, they aren't as nutrient dense because they've been sitting on a truck or something like that for a while and being brought up. So it just happens. Um, other things. So yeah, adding more fruits and vegetables to your day. Don't overcomplicate it. It doesn't need to be super complicated when you're making your breakfast. Maybe if you're having an omelet or something like that, you can add some vegetables to it, or maybe you have a piece of fruit on the side when you're having your lunch. Maybe if you're having a sandwich, you add some cut up vegetables with hummus on the side, or if you want, you can have a salad with some protein for lunch, something like that. When you're making dinner, making sure that you're adding some form of vegetable, maybe a side salad, maybe just some roasted veggies or in the oven, pan fried green beans. That's like one of my favorite go-tos is just taking frozen green beans, throwing them in a pan and frying them up and serving them doesn't have to be anything complicated. Just where can I add more nutrient dense foods like vegetables and fruits throughout my day? 
One thing that you can also focus on is when you're plating your food. Uh, if you are looking at your food on a plate, divide that plate in about half and put your vegetables on half of it. What are those vegetables? I don't give a shit. Put vegetables on about half of it. Then you can focus on your protein and your starchy carbohydrates, potatoes, fats, etc., on the other parts of the plate. But adding those vegetables on that side, okay? I cannot emphasize enough the importance of vegetables in your diet. Um, I've had people say to me, well, I don't like vegetables. Too fucking bad. You're an adult. Eat your vegetables. Find a way to like them or tolerate them pan fry them, stir fry, roast them, put them in the microwave, steam them, have them in a salad. Don't have them in a salad, cut them up and have them with ranch dressing. I don't give a shit. Eat your vegetables. Okay. They are good for you. They are important. They're nutrient dense. You're going to get fiber. You're going to get vitamins, minerals, all the good things. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> okay. Enough of my vegetable rant. The other thing that you can start to do to help take charge of your nutrition a little bit better besides adding fruits and vegetables, which is a really big piece of it, is being a little bit more mindful about your protein intake. So protein is one of the other macronutrients that a lot of people get from meat, but you also get from dairy, eggs, uh, lentils, beans, tofu, all those other types of foods. But protein has many benefits to it where it helps keep you full for your meal. So if you're feeling like you're starving after your meal within an hour or something like that, sometimes it's because you're not eating enough protein. It'll, it's one of the building blocks for muscle mass building and maintenance. So to help maintain your muscle mass as you get older, making sure that you keep your protein intake up, uh, helps for energy levels, all those good things. So protein at every main meal. So a little bit of protein at breakfast, maybe you're going to have an egg, maybe you're going to have some Greek yogurt, maybe you're going to have a cheese stick. I don't know. Um, having some protein at your lunch, maybe you're going to have a chicken sandwich, maybe you're going to have a chicken on your salad or something like that. And then some form of protein at your dinner, whether it's tofu, whether it's, uh, lentil chili, or you're going to have some form of meat with it. Having protein at every meal is important to help keep you full throughout the day so that you're not fucking starving every hour. So when you're plating your food that we talked about before, I got half my plate as vegetables because then I'm an adult and I eat my vegetables. Then the other half of my plate, I'm going to divide in two and about a quarter to a third of my plate, I'm going to put my protein source down. Uh, if you're not sure how much protein to have a rule of thumb that you can use is the palm of your hand. Don't include your fingers, just the palm of your hand. And I'm showing it to my camera right now, which doesn't make any sense because we're on a podcast, but look at the palm of your hand, at least that size. I, you know, it's estimated to be about three to four ounces, depending on the size of your hand. The other thing to make sure that you do include in your, uh, nutrition is carbohydrates. Now, over the past few years, carbohydrates has had a really big stigma, but part of eating good nutrition for your health is including all foods because all foods have a function in our body. So yes, carbohydrates do have a function. Our brains like to run on carbohydrates. Our bodies need carbohydrates for energy because the carbohydrates are broken down in our stomach for glucose for energy so that we can do things. 
So yes, we need the carbohydrates. Don't be scared of them. You don't need to eat 99% of your plate as pasta, even though I love that and I would want to do that. But when you're plating your food, you got that half plate of vegetables, you got a quarter of your plate is protein, the other part of your plate is going to have some kind of carbohydrate on it. That could be potatoes, that could be pasta, that could be rice, that could be whatever you want it to be, a piece of bread, I don't know, but not being scared of a certain food group. And this goes along with mental health. Because when we start picking apart our nutrition like that and cutting out food groups and cutting out certain foods, that is affecting our mental health. Not only is it going to affect our physical health by cutting out carbohydrates because our energy levels aren't going to be as good. We're going to feel more depleted. We're not going to have as much stored glycogen in our body, uh, which is the stored form of glucose, but we're affecting our mental health. A lot of people just really like carbohydrates, but then they cut them out thinking that they need to do that to be healthier. That's not actually healthy. That's creating a bad stigma with food and a bad relationship with food. And that's kind of the other piece that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'll talk a little bit about here in a minute. The last thing that you want to make sure that you do include in your diet is fats. Now, fats in our diet are a lot of times used in cooking oils or things that we're adding to our foods like oils, butter, uh, things like that. But just keeping in mind that healthy fats are a part of our healthy diet. Fats are good for our immune function, good for your skin, hair growth, uh, brain function, all that kind of stuff. So things like heart healthy olive oils, nuts, uh, seeds, all those types of things are really good sources of fats as well as like salmon and whatnot, all important to have a part of our diet. So next let's talk a little bit about your relationship with food, just because it kind of, these kind of segue in together and I already touched on it a little bit, but understanding that all foods can be included in moderation. You don't need to cut out certain foods like sugar or carbs or anything like that to live a healthier lifestyle. If your diet consists of 99% Twinkies and McDonald's and things like that, there are some changes like we talked about before on how to improve your nutrition. Yes. Where can I add more vegetables? Where can I add more protein in my diet? Where can I add more water in my diet? But Feeling like you need to deprive yourself just in the sake of being healthier isn't actually healthy. It's not because it wears on your mental health. You're depriving yourself. And then chances are when you restrict, restrict, restrict certain foods from your diet all the time, it's going to inevitably lead to a binge. And then this binge restrict cycle is not healthy for you either. So learning to incorporate all foods. Yes, you can have a hot dog once in a while. You can have pop. Some people have a pop a day or something like that. That's okay. But learning how to manage these types of foods is important so that you don't feel guilty when you have a chocolate bar or a donut or things like that. And it doesn't lead to a full on binge and understanding that you can go to a friend's birthday party and have pizza or whatever. You can have birthday cake at your own freaking birthday and not feel like you did anything bad. Important to analyze and work on your relationship with food. And I can't speak for you on what that looks like, but if you notice that you feel anxious around food, anxious around certain foods, you feel like you have to cut certain food groups out because they're quote bad for you or whatever they might be. You need to analyze that. 
and think about it. Is it logical? Is cutting out fruit logical? No, that's stupid. Don't cut out fruit. <laughs> is cutting out, you know, sugar for the rest of my life practical? Probably not for most people. So again, not talking about nutrition in the sense of weight loss or anything like that, just about eating healthier, being more mindful about what you're eating and your portion sizes makes a huge difference in your health, especially in the long term. So let's talk last thing about taking charge of your health habits. Talking about habits here, good habits, bad habits, etc. Things like there's the obvious ones like smoking, drinking too much, all these other ones, drugs, etc., that are pretty freaking obvious. Taking control of those habits in some way, shape, or form will take control over your health. Other little things like our habits with food and whatnot, like I talked about before, like binge restrict cycles needing to take control of that, talking to a therapist about it. If you feel like it's been a big issue that you cannot handle, um, and getting help with those types of things. And also habits such as your exercise habits, being focusing on being consistent with these habits rather than being perfect. And I've talked about that many, many times about consistency and all these types of things. But when it comes to just health in general, it's just about being consistent. It's not about being perfect. It's not about, you know, having amazing nutrition your entire life or anything like that. It's just about working on your exercise, making exercise a priority, making your nutrition a priority for a long time. If you're doing this right, you should be doing it for life, not just for now. And again, this is just talking about health. This isn't talking about weight loss, that consistency with your nutrition, consistency with your exercise is key for longevity and for long-term health. Other little things to keep in mind is building yourself a medical team of support, whether that team consists of, you know, consists, it can consist of your doctor, dietitian, if you need uh, therapist, dentist, eye doctor, et cetera, et cetera, taking charge of your health, going for regular checkups, et cetera. I understand in some instances and in some places, it might not always be possible. Even here in Canada, we have universal health care, but there are doctor shortages. We don't have eye, eye and dental coverage. It benefits um, usually have to take uh, care of those. Same thing with dietitians. So things to keep in mind, but just advocating for yourself and being your own best representative for your medical health is the best thing. So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Again, I just wanted to talk about just looking after our physical health and not so much about weight loss or anything like that. And that even if your goal isn't weight loss or wanting to change your body in any way, shape or form, we still need to look after ourselves and look after our bodies because we only have one. So again, not talking about weight loss, not talking about any of that, just physically looking after ourselves will help your longevity in your life and everything, your quality of life at the very end of it. So if you are enjoying what I'm doing on the podcast here, I would love and appreciate a five-star written review. Uh, you can do that on iTunes or Spotify. They just help increase visibility of the podcast and to, and so that more people can see it and come in 
come in and listen to the podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, you can follow me on social media. I will post my Instagram in the show notes and then you can basically find me anywhere else from there. Um, if you have questions about my coaching and if, if you have questions about my personal training, online coaching options, things like that, feel free to head to my website, www.fitlikeagirl.ca. And then you can see my options and also contact me through there. And lastly, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you coming on by and listening to all my ramblings. And until next time, take care, fam. <laughs>